that's an episode of Culture Sports. And yes, we're finally doing our first show of the NBA. I know we was busy with the NFL season. We're fortunate me and Lamont decided to make the show in our 30s and not in our teenage years. We could have did both. You know, we could have possibly made it by then. But here we are with the first, you know, first, first episode of the NBA season. And, you know, we'll, we'll break down the NBA um, All-Star Weekend. And also we'll give our first, you know, half of how the Lakers and Miami is doing. And then we'll just do an open NBA discussion of how, you know, just certain topics that's going on in the NBA. And as always, thank you for being on the show. Where can I find you at? Uh, you can find my podcast, Cultural Talks, on Facebook, IG, TikTok, and YouTube. All right. Also hit the subscribe button. Be part of the coaching. Greatly appreciate it. So let's talk about the All-Star Weekend. Not very an eventful one. I'm just gonna start off with the dunk contest, and then you 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 take your take on the dunk contest as well too. Horrendous. I believe it's getting to the point that dunk contest needs to be the first activity of the night. It's that's how bad it's digressing year in and year out. The last best dunk contest we can say was in 2016, was you know Levine and Eric Gordon going at it all night long. Ever since then, it's been below average, and I think they need to change it up and make the dunk contest the first event of the night. The reason why I say that is these players were taking 10 to 15 or 20 seconds long to get set up. And the one thing that threw me off and I walked away when Cole Anthony decided to put some Tims on. When I saw that, I was like, I'm done. I am done. Like, I, I was like, yes, you play in New York. Yes, you know, the... Agenda is, you know, everybody from New York wears Tim's. Okay, hilarious, but I don't want to see nobody dunking in Tim's. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to be honest with you. And besides that, it wasn't really nothing that could say that, you know, wowed me. I know that so many dunks has happened in the past, you know, 50 years of, you know, basketball being played. You can still do, you know, the basic stuff as well, too. It's still going to wow the crowd. When you do these prods with, you know, cupcakes or you put some Tim's on or jump over of a hood of a car, eh. I'm I'm good. Um, I, like I said before, I think the dunk contest should be the first activity of All Star Weekend. What's your thoughts on the dunk contest? Quite honest, quite honestly, they have to uh, change the dunk contest completely. I feel like maybe um, if you're not gonna do prize money so that the big athletes and uh, like Ja Morant and stuff uh, join, um, let some of these YouTubers. Uh, come in here who are doing dunks that are never seen before because what we what 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 was shown on that court was embarrassing uh to the point that I don't even waste my time on watching it and then the highlights to see Shaq sitting down like Shaq loves the dunk contest oh, so that yeah. says a, that says a lot and uh, I want to say you know shout out Zach Levine shout out Aaron Gordon but I have to tell you guys this. You ruined the dunk contest because you put on such a great show that after that it was never lived up to stat uh the status. Um and even the star, the star big name dunkers don't even do it. Like, boy, what I would do to see LeBron in one dunk contest. Because on the contrary of what people think, this dude is six, eight, three hundred pounds, and he can do and damn near any dunk. So can you imagine what he pulls out? I think you have to change the format or get rid of it because at this point it's pointless. Get some, get some, I'd rather see college kids hungry to try to get on a team's radar or some YouTubers are trying to make the G league or the NBA do something like that. Because right now you're, 
The NFL plays flag football, and this is what this is like. The the All Star weekends are becoming. No, nobody has time for these shits anymore, dude. This it's terrible. I definitely get what you said. Make it open doors. You know, let certain people can come in. Uh, make make it you know some prize money. You know, because maybe if you put a million dollars for the winner, maybe John Moran might come. Maybe you know, Anthony Edwards will come. Maybe. Zach Levine might, might, might come back. I, I doubt it because, you know, he's more worried about winning games and that's how he's further his career. But other players might quite come in and, you know, we'll be like, okay, easy million. I'll come in and do it. But now is a mm. – anyways, moving on to the three-point contest. Three-point contest, I think, should be moved to the main event of the night. We let, Right now, we live in an era of we get excited when we see the three ball. Right now, the three-point right now, it kind of reminds me of the baseball back in the late 90s where the home run was, you know, what made the league so big. And right now, the NBA is being known for the three-point. So I feel like we should elevate the three-point contest to the main event. And right here, it was a pretty, you know, good stars. You had Trey Young. Um, you had Towns. You had Van Vliet. You had a bunch of other good players as well, too. But I, I understand why Carl Towns won this game because he had Jordan, ones in, Jordan Woods in the stands, and he had the win. He couldn't show up like, hey, babe, you know, I gave him my no, no. He had the win because, you know, we have you we didn't want most beautiful men in the world. You gotta show up, especially she's in the crowd. That's why I, I feel like Towns, you know, was he cooked. I'm not gonna lie, he he put a he put a performance. Kind of remind me of no Dirk and Whiskey out there at the three point con at the three point line. But like I said before, three point contest needs to be the main event of the, of the night. Um, I I don't really like the uh, the participants in the three point contest either. Um, again, this is All Star Weekend was something that. When we were growing up, these these big stars that were the best at doing it, uh, to win it would have been amazing, would have meant the world to him. You have C.J. McCollum. Bro, he's so inconsistent shooting the ball. Trey Young, okay, I'll give you that. Zach Levine, I would say yeah, but fresh off an of injury? No. Uh, Desmond Bain, okay. Uh, Anthony Towns, big man who could shoot, I'll give him credit. Van Vliet. Uh, baby Drake, who who he's hot and cold, just like McCullum, Kennard, hot and cold. Patty Mills, where's the Steph Curry's? Where's the Clay Thompsons? Where's where's these like, where's the Dame Lillard's? Like the dudes that we know could shoot the lights out of gym. You only had really one, and then Carl Anthony's Towns was easily able to win that. It's kind of um, I don't know like what what's going on, but especially like you said, if the NBA is led by the three point ball, shouldn't we have bigger star names or, 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 or throw a twist into it or something? Because at this point, it's just like, it's better than the dunk contest, oh, but it's not great, but it's not great. And, um, just not, it's not real. The celebrity game was more, uh, better than, uh, more exciting than these competitions, if you ask me, but he did have to win because his girl was there. Cause that would have been pretty embarrassing. <laughs> All right, so we have to head to the final stretch of the All-Star Weekend, the game itself, the no defensive game. Basically, the Pro Bowl 2.0, let's be honest. But I got to say, Steph Curry put on a show. My God, 16 threes, 50, 50 points. My goodness, Curry is out there just so disrespectful. He shoots a three, just yeah. turns around and walks away. I got to say, it's a fun game, but my goodness, like, Curry was just on fuego. The entire night, mind you, this might propel him. I we'll talk about later on because he was struggling ever since he broke the record. He's been struggling for the three point nine, and maybe this right here might 
propelling back. All right, back grind time. I'm back to making my threes. This game could possibly be, you know, be a deciding factor moving down for the for the Warriors. Quote me on that. I, I guarantee it. Also, Giannis had a good game, 30 points. Team um, Durant, unfortunately, he couldn't be there because you no know, passing his grandmother, so that definitely sucks. So, you know, my, my, my condolences to um, Kevin Durant and his family. But Team Durant, pretty average. Besides MB, that's, you know, he dropped 36 points, but I mean, maybe we could both agree or disagree, but I think he's the MVP right now this season. Besides that, who, who else showed up? Oh, Devin Booker dropped 20. Um, LaMelo Ball dropped 18, but Team LeBron, he's 5-0 and since he's been the, the, the captain of, of the um, NBA All-Star, which could be the same thing for his finals records, but whatever. But LeBron James, 24 points, hits the game winner in Cleveland. That's a story that you can't make up. Right? You know what I mean? That's right there is just picture perfect. And 10 years from now, we get the LeBron documentary. This this game right here will be in, in that documentary. So you hit the game winner in Cleveland. That, that, that was, you know, a good way to end the okay All-Star weekend. But for the shots of LeBron, you know, hitting the game winner there. That game winner, right, when he hits it in the documentary, the next scene is going to say the return home. That's what's going to happen because he's he keeps making it pretty clear, like, there's no door shut and stuff. So we'll see. Um the starters for uh, Team Durant really didn't do anything. <laughs> you had uh, Joel Embiid. He's carrying this team like he carries the Sixers. Poor guy. Can't get a break, even in an all-star game. 20, 20 points from Booker in an all-star game. Eh, kind of disappointed because him and Melo, they should have been able to go off. This is where no defense. Throw your shots. But Embiid balling. Steph is just disrespectful, dude. 16 three-point. And then you're shooting and turning around. It's like, bro, come on. Like, in my head, I would have fouled him. I would have fouled him. Like, you're going to stop turning around now. But this is Steph doing what Steph does. And you're right. He was he was on a terrible um, slump since he broke the record. Um, if he comes out of that slump, the Warriors are going to definitely be propelled um, to make a huge playoff run. But the All-Star game is just like the NFL. It's like it's a kiddie game. It's not really like we're used to competitive nature to um, see who's the best. We don't do – they don't do that anymore. They do everything out of like – I don't know. And, of course, LeBron's going to be 5-0. He's been GM in his whole career. Come on, bro. <laughs> Come on, bro. All right, well – Moving on to the NBA, we're going to talk about the first half, and we'll have an open discussion talking about, you know, different variety of topics. Lamont, you go first. So much more me the first half of the season. Oh, you know, we sitting comfy on the, on the one seed and stuff. Um, I want to actually say I'm surprised about it, and I'm surprised about it because of the different amount of rotations we have used throughout the year. We still don't have Oladipo back. Um I feel like they've been resting players throughout this year, like frequently. We had a few injuries. Butler missed a lot of games. Um, so to be 38 and 21, right, and at a point where you're the number one seed, you and the Bulls have a tie record. The Sixers, you know, just did a big trade. Uh, yes, they got Harden. They lose a lot of defense in that trade. Um, Miami's sitting good. Um they look good. I feel like the best is uh, still to come. They have a lot of shooters. Like, even, like, when Kyle Guy comes in, 
to replace Kyle Larry or whoever hitting threes. Max Strutt hitting threes. Hero has been balling out. He must have heard us talking shit. Um, balling out. Uh, PJ Tucker's hitting side threes. Uh, the team is very um, versatile. So there's a lot of good. Uh, I see a lot of good things still to come. You know. Uh, it's regular season stuff, though. But I, I guess I'm more surprised with the amount of lineups that we have used throughout the throughout the year due to injuries and whatnot. That to be 17 games above 500, I feel like that's a huge, huge confidence boost for me as a fan because now I just feel confident. Like I don't know too many teams that could beat us, in my opinion, if we're healthy. Yes, I feel like the key factor for Miami Heat is make sure Jimmy Butler is there during playoff time because he he's been in and out of the games this year. But good thing that hasn't been you know something that's been severe. Also, my opinion, Tyler Hero, I would say he's a sixth man of the year. Mm-hmm. He definitely upped his game ever since he had that baby. He's been <laughs> he's been lights out, and Miami for as long as we've been alive has always been a consistent team year in the year out in the playoffs. Regardless when they had Wade, when they had Brown, when they lost Wade, when they lost everybody, you know what I mean. That organization knows how to build competitive teams. And, you know, sometimes left fall in their hands when they get great players and all that. And right now, like, you always got to get credit to Miami Heat, especially, you know, with um, Pat Riley running the show. Like, he always build competitive teams year in and year out. And I agree with Eric Spoelstra being a top 15 NBA coach of all time because he has done it with Wade Dolo. He has done it with LeBron. He has done it without Wade. Uh, he's doing it in the Jimmy Butler era. And you when you're able to still have competitive teams where you lose your best players year in and year out, shows you know what type of coach that you coach that you really are. And Eric Spoelstra deserves that 15th uh, top 15 coach of all time. Agreed. And he installed uh, uh, that coach, the Heat culture. He's a big part of that. Oh, definitely, definitely, hands down. All right. Well, shout to Miami <laughs> being the first seed. No, that's that's you know awesome for you, I guess. <laughs> We're going to head down to Los Angeles Lakers, who fall in as the play-in team right now if the season ended today. They are currently 27-31, 3-7 in their last 10 games. This is the most inconsistent team I've ever seen from a LeBron James team since 2004. I was 14 years old. Since then, LeBron James has been able to be consistent, had a consistent year in and year out. This right here is truly horrific. I blame the GM. You assume that you can bring all these veteran players back together, thinking that you could re- replicate the 2020 season or all these veterans with, you know, having LeBron and AD running the show. But yes, we have Melo, but this is not New York Melo, let's be honest. This is the end of career Melo where he can drop you. He's, he's averaging 13 points a game right now. He'll drop you 20 here, drop you 30 here, but that's his average right now is 13 points. You got what? Avery Bradley, he's a shell of himself. Sorry to say, this is not the Boston Celtic, Avery Bradley. He is just a show of himself. He's just a body out there. And then you got uh, THC. Not a big fan of his. The only why he's around is because he's in clutch sports. Let's be honest. He has okay moments here and there, but us not re-signing Caruso played a big factor in his failure for the team this year. Caruso was that energy, the hype man come off the bench, and for him to be there, bad, bad, bad part. And, um, and then Wayne Ellington. Mm, only six points a game. Austin Reeves, rookie, six points a game. Dwight Howard, five points a game. Reza, four points a game. DeAndre Jordan, four points a game. 
you can't give me eight points a game. Just just double your average. We'll probably be in a better spot. Listen, this this is our, our top three scorers: LeBron James, twenty nine points. Second, Anthony Davis, twenty three points, and Westbrook, eighteen points. At that, it goes lower and lower and lower and lower. LeBron, LeBron James, what year nineteen? Yes, he leads four out of five categories of offense for the um, Los Angeles Lakers. He leads on twenty nine points. Rebound 7.9. Assists, Westbrook has that. Steals, LeBron has 1.6. And blocks, LeBron has it. Are you kidding me? Year 19, you're not supposed to be the best player. LeBron doesn't even want to be the best player. He wants to take a seat back and say, yo, I am fucking tired. AD, Westbrook, take it over. Like, year 19, he should not be putting these astronomical numbers. Let's be honest. All right, because his, uh, I think year 19 for um, Nowitzki, he probably averaged like 12 points. Kobe at that time, I think he, I think he retired a year twenty or twenty one, but he was a shell of himself as well too. He was just out there, just a body, but he was able to get it done, one at a one at every seven games. This man is doing his year in it. I mean, week in and week out, twenty nine points a game, year nineteen. That is truly unheard of. And LeBron, year nineteen, unfortunately, he can't get it done by himself anymore. I'm sorry to say he cannot. He'll he'll drop you fifty points, but. They'll probably lose by 25. That's where we are right now Los Angeles, with the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> Next, Anthony Davis. This man, like 2020, I think was his most healthiest season. You know what I mean? Like, at 2020, 2020 season, it was Giannis A1, Anthony Davis 1B. Let's be honest. At 20, the 2020 season. Am I right or wrong? Since then, he has completely fallen and fallen and fallen and fallen to the point. Embiid's better than him. Joker's better than him. Giannis is years way better than him. And it's just because he can't stay healthy. And to be out twice this season for over six weeks, twice, twice for an ankle injury. It's time. I guess to me, because like year 19, LeBron, he's able to take care of his body. Yeah, he had some injuries for the past few years. It's because he's older now. If Anthony Davis had the same, you know, mindset, oh, let me take care of my body. Maybe he wouldn't be as injured. I don't know. Maybe because he's a big man and his ankles are beyond weak. Because my goodness, every time he falls, I'm not going to lie to him. I watched him play a few, a bunch of games this year. When he falls, I'm like, oh, my God. This man might not get up again. And that last one, granted, I know it was a negative for his ankle injury. But he's injury prone now. This is hopefully, I'm thinking that the last time he, got, he came for injury. All right, this is it. This is it. We got Anthony Davis. When he's back, like, he was dropping 30 and 15 with ease. He just can't stay healthy, and that's his downfall right now. And it's crazy. A matter of two years from being the, one of the best big men, the possibly what, maybe the fifth or sixth now, or net, maybe top ten. That's how fall. That's how much he falls because you know due to injury. And last but not least, Russell Westbrook. The late, the minute the Lakers, I got caught in the moment. I'm not gonna hear a lot of you guys when they decided to go over Demar for Westbrook. Five months or six months later, I am dreading that, 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 that trade because Demar is having an MVP season. I think he bought the Will Chamberlain record. I think it was six or seven straight games of 35 points, over 50% shooting from the field. And Westbrook, it's so bad now that the coach don't even know what to do with Russ Westbrook. Do we sit him for the last two minutes of the game because he keeps turning on? This man wants to play at 115 miles per hour. <laughs> You're you're a veteran now. Take what the game gives to you. That's how veterans are last so long. 
take you know what the defense gives you. No, I'm going 115. Why? You're you're you know what I mean? He is horrendous from the three-point shooting. He is horrendous from the mid the midpoint, and he cannot make layups to save his life anymore. This is how bad it is in the one game. He's gonna frustrate. Oh, you know, why am I being benched? No, I, I have to live my solidify myself in the NBA. Yes, but the NBA is what have you done for me lately? Let's yep. be honest. It's not what you what you've done. It's more what you have done for me. And Russell, you haven't done much. You can't make the most basic layups in the game. You're missing everything. I know there's times where he blows up after the All-Star game and he has like games where he goes 20 straight games with a triple-double. Maybe it might happen this year, but if not, the Lakers right now, I wouldn't be surprised they missed, they missed the playoffs. And they should have missed the playoffs for how idiotic the GM has done this year with the signings. Horrendous, horrendous, horrendous. And I said before, I had high hopes being the season because, you know, Westbrook, Davis, LeBron, when you hear that, you're like, oh, easily top, top three team in the West. Easily. Not even the top eight seed in the West? Horrific, horrific. And the whole thing is, Westbrook's contract is so bad, and he's been playing so bad. Maybe teams might don't be surprised don't want to trade from next year. We might be stuck with him again next year. Nobody, nobody got blame for this but the GM and Lakers. It, it sucks LeBron deserves better. But at the same time, you ask for you ask for Westbrook. You ask for Westbrook, this is what you got. KD can't do it. Harden can't do it. Bradley Beal can't do it. <laughs> Your ass can't do it either, LeBron. I'm sorry, but Lakers, a complete F this year. There's nothing positive I can say. Besides LeBron, you're 19 being the best player still. <laughs> that's, that's all you can say. Besides the team-wise, F. Mm, all right, so let me give you my take. Uh, this GM... Listen to LeBron so much that he chose to get Russell Westbrook over Buddy Hilde. Let that sink in. A three-point shooter, which LeBron could have used, right? And then on top of that, you don't sign DeRozan and you don't sign Caruso. Now imagine you take Westbrook off this team and you have DeMar. And you have Caruso, and you have Buddy Hill. You don't need Anthony Davis to be old Anthony Davis. He can rest. He can play as needed. Um, LeBron trying to help a Buddy win a ring, it backfired. And then when the GM says, you know, we get an offer, John Wall for Russell Westbrook would give us a first. He says no. With the way Westbrook's playing, even if you don't know what you're getting from John Wall, you might want to risk that because John Wall can at least shoot. He was at least dunking in videos we've seen. Again, uh, it's it's a terrible syndrome, but a lot of players play with LeBron and then their game doesn't elevate. It de-elevates. De- it goes down a lot. And it's not to LeBron's fault. I just think he's so great that people expect him to carry them all the time. And year 19, you can't expect that from LeBron, man. Uh, this team is literally 21 games back of first place. I would have never thought we would we would say that. And you made a good point. Like, oh, yeah, we thought he was going to be top, top three. Yeah, top three in the playoff teams. That's what they are. And that's terrible. It's and to be honest, they're not the only like I, again, man. 
the GM shot themselves in the foot so much. And then instead of trying to, you know, atone for his sins and, and make moves, he just said, fuck it. He said, fuck it. Fuck it. LeBron, LeBron would be okay not making the playoffs one year or contending. It's sad because LeBron could have went any place. He could have went Miami. He could have went Philly. He could go anywhere he wants. He tried to help this team win another championship, and this is the thanks he gets. LeBron, just do it all, you old fucker. Who cares? Who cares? I mean, think about it. LeBron's talking a lot more than he ever has, talking about wherever his son goes, he's going. Lakers ain't got no picks, so we know he won't be there long. Um, then he'll go back. He'll go back to Cleveland. That's another thing. It's like you've never heard LeBron say anything about where he'll play next year, what his intents are. Now all of a sudden he's talking. The question is, do we see LeBron in LA next year? At the rate this is going, I don't think LeBron wants to be there, and I don't blame him. It's his fault though. You could have Buddy Hill a three-point machine. Uh, who could score, which Westbrook isn't doing. And they could have re-signed Caruso. And they could have re-signed, they could have signed DeMar. But no, let DeMar go. And DeMar's MVP of this year, if you want to be technical, he really should be. But we'll see how that goes. All right. So now we're just having to open up NBA discussion. We'll talk about, you know, some topics that have been going on in the NBA. Me and you can talk about this about a week and a half already. Situation with Zion. C.J. McCollum was just traded over there, and it's been reported that he hasn't even reached out to C.J. McCollum. Zion, you're technically the star of the team. You should always reach out to you know players that come there, regardless of his, regardless of what the stature is. You should always say, "Hey, welcome to the team," and you know, let's get it rocking together. You know what I mean? But no, Zion has missed back-to-back seasons due to his foot. When you're over, you know, overweight, something that you know we don't want to drug about. Maybe he's going through something personal that maybe that's really affecting him. Yeah. But when you're overweight and you have too much foot injuries, you can't work out because your foot is hurt. Mm-hmm. So right now he's probably so maybe he's just so stressed out. He's like, yo, I don't know what to do because if I can't work out because my foot, I'm going to keep hurting my foot to the point like there's been a few times where they said they had to teach him how to walk again correctly. That's not very good. And it's crazy how, you know, easy four years ago, we always had to talk from high school, who's better, Zion or LaMelo? As of right now, LaMelo's in that conversation right now, you know, him being having a better career in the NBA so far. But when Zion does play, you know what I mean? He does drop 20 points a game with ease. It's just that the injury bug. And he's heading towards that Greg Oden bust um, situation right now because he has only played what, 82 games in the past, what, four years? 82 games in four years? That is horrendous. Zion has, you know, a lot of upside, you know what I mean? He can be a beast in the paint. He could be a Julius Frandle type of player, but better, more athletic, let's be honest. And it's already, what, February 23rd? I don't think he's come back this year. And if he misses a part of next year and probably doesn't play next year, he's an automatic buzz. Yesterday, I asked you the question, um, who would you take, Greg Oden or Zion, if their careers, if Zion stopped playing today? I need to go with Greg Oden because he was a force to be reckoned with when he when he was healthy. But fortunately, didn't have no time. And quick stat, when it was Oden, LaMarcus Aldridge, and I think Brandon Boyd 
there were 50 and 12 together. 50 and 12 when they played together. We never saw what their true potential of them three playing together and all healthy. Imagine. This could have been the LeBron, Wade, Bosch, the first version of it before it ever happened. And unfortunately, Zion's going toward that bus. I'm sorry to say. Um, right now, to me, he's a bus. If he comes back next year and he plays the entire season, I'm not going to say entire, plays over 60 games next year. And there's another year of 60 games again. I remember how we had that Joel and Embiid effect the first few years where he couldn't stay healthy. And then for the past four years, he's been playing phenomenal ball. It has, yeah. He has that potential. Yes. So right now, Zion's a bus. And what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, we had this conversation. And um, the only reason I took Zion was because of that. Like I said, like he's still young. We don't, he's not technically a bust yet. Um, Greg Golden was injury. Um, his is injury as well. You mentioned Brandon, Brandon Roy. Brandon Roy was another one. Injuries cut him short. Um, but let's talk about this injury. It's a foot injury. And like you said, he had to learn to walk again. If you had to learn to walk again, you're probably not comfortable running, definitely not comfortable jumping. And you're 6'6. 280 slash 300 plus pounds. I'm not making fun of your weight. I'm not judging you. That your, your body is not built for that to be jumping 60 inches in the air and coming down. So yes, his body is taking a beating because he doesn't want to get in shape. And I heard a story from Charles Barkley where he said he went to Moses Malone and was like, man, I'm not getting no playing time. Why? <laughs> Moses Malone told him, because you're, you're fat and out of shape. And he said that motivated him. Maybe that's something Zion needs, that someone to be like, yo, you're fucking fat. Get it together. You're a number one overall pick. You shouldn't be doing this. You're being lazy. Sometimes, you know, it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But CJ McCollum, top 50 player in the league. He gets traded to your team and you can't call him. You can't congratulate him. You can't welcome him to the team. Why would any free agent want to come there? <clears throat> I mean, in all honesty, I'm not going to want to go there if the star player who's consistently hurt can't even call me. Um, but New, it's New Orleans. I feel like the Pelicans have been a cluster, a cluster, uh, fuck, and um, they have some good talent there. Maybe if Zion don't want to play there, you just trade them. It could be that. It could just be you know these new age kids there. Um. They want things their way, or they, you know, I'm not going to play. Okay, so we'll trade them. Look at Ben. Got traded because of that. So injury-wise, Zion is, is a bust. And we used to talk Melo versus him, and we both had a I – was, I was more skeptical of Melo because of the way he was playing at the time, but he developed. And Greg Olden here can't stay healthy if he wanted to. So, and then let's just shout out John Morant who was picked after Zion, uh, MVP-type season, uh, extremely dominant, balling his ass off. He has the Grizzlies at the three seed. You ever thought you would hear that? Grizzlies at the three seed? In yeah. sound right. <laughs> That's it. All right, so people are, are comparing John Murray to having a Derrick Rose type of season. I'm going to take a, a step further. He reminds me of Baby Flash. The way he attacks the rim, the, the, the athleticism, the layers package. When I talk, people, you know, for, tend to forget, like, D-Wade was 
one of the most athletic guards in the NBA. Granted, to you know, his knees started taking shits and he became a jump shooter. But let's not forget, Dwayne Wade took it to the whole night in, night out, all game long. Let's not forget that. And that right there is reminding me of John Moran. Right now, you have averaging 26 points, 6.9 assists. He's leaving the team in two categories of offense. And John Moran is easily becoming one of the best stars in the NBA. And hopefully, you know, I'm not going to say the word, but longevity, I, hopefully is there for him because right now he is a very special, special player. And that was definitely a, a great call right there, you know, because right now the Zion and Moran thing is Greg Oden and Kevin Durant all over again. Wait, wait, uh, let's, let's talk about that for a second. Who, who did you say was going to be better? I was, I was a young man in the game. <laughs> no, when say it, it. Let him know. I thought Greg Oden would, would be a better player than Kevin Durant because at that time, during that era of basketball, the big man dominated the game really mostly. So I assume that Greg Oden would have been, you know, the and, next track at that time. And you kept saying too, you were like, he's too skinny. Like he can't play big man. And then I just kept telling you, like, you don't need to play big man when you can shoot like that. And I think that was the start of where, where we seen like three pointers starting to change the game. And then Steph just took it to a different level. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need to expose, you know, our mishaps. <laughs> so I want to talk about Boston Celtics real quick. Mm. We we all we all was hyped for the Jason Tatum when he came into the league when he you know, took him to the Eastern Conference Finals. As of right now, that the duo with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum really hasn't been working. And I think it's time that I think Boston Celtics is time to pull the plug and try to get somebody else because of it now. You're wasting Jason Tatum's career right now. Right now, what the Boston Celtics remind me of is the era of Paul Pierce when the beginning of the Boston Celtics, where he was just going against the playoffs every year and year out, but getting bounced in the first round, bounced in the first round, bounced in the first round. Jason's good enough to get you to the to the to, you know to the playoffs, but he's gonna get bounced in the first round. Or you could say the, the Tracy McGrady effect, because Tatum is an amazing player, and you know he took his he elevated his game as his idol, Kobe Bryant. And as of right now, they're just wasting his his lifespan in the NBA, which is, you know, being out of the first round every single year. Um, Jalen Brown is a good player. I'm not saying he's not. He's a good defender, but he's inconsistent. This right here reminds me of Dame Leonard and CJ McCullen, just in the East. Let's be honest with each other. And it's time to pull the plug and try to, you know, get Jason Tatum another star in, in that franchise. What do you think? Uh, uh, think that we should give Jalen Brown credit. He is a great player. The problem is they play the same position. They're the same player. Um, I'm surprised they kind of weren't in on the Ben Simmons shit. Like, uh, trade Marcus Smart, you know, try to get Ben or something or uh, because even though Ben isn't playing, what we've seen from Ben is he's a great passer who can rebound and play defense. I felt like if you had scores like Brown and uh, Tatum, Simmons don't need to score, it would have helped them. Or why they don't go after, like, a big man ever? Like, why didn't they sign Andre Drummond? Okay, I don't get it. It's like they want to play small ball but they don't have a small player to play big man to give him production. And Tatum is, is he's inconsistent too. 
Um, I don't know if the pressure is getting to him or what it is, or if he just him and Brown, you know, I seen Brown come out and say like, the only way to separate us is if you trade, like if, if y'all do it, like the team's going to have to do it. We're not going to, we don't want to be separated. Um, I'm actually surprised because Tatum's ceiling is high. Brown's ceiling is high. And it's just like, they don't ever have the big man presence needed to just win. Like they just need a quality big and they don't get it. Like, for example, even even though Przingis, right, he only shows up once in a blue moon, he would have been an upgrade on that team. No moves. So honestly, man, I, I feel bad for them because I feel like I feel like you know it's it's gonna end badly. Uh, Tatum is right now; he's like kind of wasting his time, and and it sucks, man. Yes, yes. Um, what else we can talk about? Phoenix Suns. This sucks is that, yo, Phoenix Suns has been cooking all year long. They've been gelling. Chris Paul has been playing lights out. Devin Booker has playing lights out. But it comes to a crashing halt. Chris Paul's hand is injured, and he's believed to be out four to six weeks. And I'm like, what the fuck? Can Chris Paul ever stay away from the injury bug? ever dude he was playing phenomenal but i was loving it like this sun scene was you can say a complete team they were playing high level like they were this team reminded me of the 2014 san antonio spurs where everything was just clicking 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 like nothing was all beat with them now the pressure comes on Devin poker can you win at least 17 games without chris Paul for that down the track? i believe there's 23 or 24 games left can Booker at least when he's, I'll say, 16, 17 games by himself? Can he? Because right now, we're going to see if if he can. Because right now, it's this is your show, and you hold it down for your team now because you got to elevate your game. You're, you're a great player, but now you got to I mean, elevate your, you know, your your game to greatness. This is it right here. And we guys, now we're going to see who Devin Booker truly is now. You got the great team. You got them going for you. Like when Shaq went out for a few games during the tenure with him and Kobe, Kobe elevated his game and he was able to keep you know, the shit flowing. Or with Kobe was after a few games, Shaq was able to keep the shit, shit flowing. So we're not going to see if Devin Booker is that type of player right now. And this right here is a prove it um, year for him. Well, prove it down the stretch game, games for him. Don't compare him to Kobe ever again, bro. Sorry. sorry. That's, we're, we're, we're putting well, a high standard on him. But the team he has for them to win. Wait, how many games are left? I believe 23 or 24. If they could win... It, well, really, because they can at least win half of those games. They'll still be in a great position uh, for when Chris Paul comes back. But why does Chris Paul always get hurt? It's like, like he is as great as he is. Just imagine how much better he would be without the injuries. Uh, shout out, shout out to the Suns, though, man. Again, ball and only I believe it was only ten losses, correct? Yep, something like that. Uh, amazing season and. Um, I, I, this is a team that I, I like to see win, though. A young team with a veteran point guard, man, you know, hopefully they can eventually get one. Yep, so you have anything else you want to bring up? Yeah, and one is a, so that, that thing I sent you. So everybody likes to, you know, disrespect A.B. But we seen, we seen, I sent you a little, a little something today that was very intriguing. And then your comment was, 
made the picture even more intriguing. Okay, I'm going to read y'all some stats. 928 receptions. 12,291 receiving yards and 83 touchdowns, right? That's A-B. Compared to someone that we consider one of the best receivers ever, they say, or the best in when he's been playing, 879 yards, 13,330 yards, 61 touchdowns. That's Julio Jones compared to A.B. And when I tell you A.B. is technically smoking him, he's smoking him. He has uh, about 50 more catches. He has <laughs> 22 more touchdowns. And he only has uh, about 1,000 1, yards less all with not being able to play four seasons for just mishaps. Um, AB is one of the most underrated receivers, I think, of our generation. And I didn't know that his stats were like that until I, said, I seen it. And I was like, oh, let me send this to Kevin. And I'm like, this motherfucker was really like, he's that guy. But ever since that hit, he's, he's not cared about football the same. I just want to know, how, how did you feel about that? So let's not discredit A.B. before, you know, his mishaps, whatever you want to call it, whatever it is. He was considered one of the best receivers of this generation. He was averaging about, like, what, like five years in a row, over 100 catches, over 1,200 yards, 10, 10 touchdown plus. With him and Big Ben, that connection was truly magnificent. Let's not take that away. But since that hit, it's been spiraling downhill. If it wasn't for that hit, we would still say that A.B. is the greatest receiver of all time. Um, he's been on plenty of podcasts saying he doesn't have CTE. That hit doesn't change them, but his course of actions changed since that hit, let's be honest. And if it wasn't for those four years, those mishaps he had for the past four years, he would leave Julio Jones in the dust, in the dust when it comes to his stats. And I think last year he almost had 1,000 yards with the Buccaneers, right? Can't, can't remember exactly, but he was putting on numbers last year with the Buccaneers, and he was putting on numbers this year. But his last game before, you know, that that, that quit, he had over 100 uh, yards. Antonio Brown still has it in him. As of right now, Julio Jones is a shell of himself. He, he reminds me of Andre Johnson when he was in Tennessee. It's not that, he's not that guy anymore. He can be productive. He'll, he'll give you 40 yards a game. He'll give you that big catch, but he's not taking over the game like he did in the Super Bowl. That, that Julio Jones is gone. He had a good run. He's a Hall of Famer. AB's also a Hall of Famer. But due to his mishaps, he's going to get the, the, the T.O. treatment and we'll get him maybe the second, third try. But AB, uh, it sucks that if it wasn't for that hit, we didn't see the complete story of the greatness of AB. And it sucks. Yeah. His career was definitely cut short with that that hit. Because even though, like you said, it's, it's like that hit, he might not have CTE, but the way he started to to move after that hit, it just showed like like if something wasn't right, you know? Yeah. Unfortunately. All right, Amal, you have anything else for the show? Nah, man. Oh, yeah. How do you feel about J.J. Redick coming out and saying Zion it was a detached teammate? Because he's the one who, like, basically made it official like no that's the type of person he is he doesn't reach out to new teammates he don't talk to teammates how do you feel do you feel like that's locker room shit keeping in locker room or because it's a brotherhood correct unfortunately i 
it sucks because JJ's not in that. He's not part of the NBA anymore. He's a media guy. He has his own podcast. He does first take now. So how can he get people to generate to his story, his podcast and first take is to sometime lay out the little truth that, you know, could cause a controversy. But on JJ's part, it was smart because now people are listening more to his podcast. Even though they probably listened to it before, people are watching first take more because they're like, we want to see more insights. Because before, NBA players really didn't give you more insights what's going on behind the locker room. Like Kendrick Perkins gives you insights what goes on in the locker room. Um, Richard Jefferson also gives you insights what goes on in the locker room. Draymond Green, that's pretty cool that he gives you insights as well too. So it's cool to see what really goes on. Sometimes it does suck because you kind of, you know, deteriorate, you know, the uh, person's character Especially when he's out during injury, he can't really speak for himself. You know what I mean? It kind of sucks, but the whole thing is, like, JJ's not lying because he was there. He played for the Pelicans. He witnessed how Zion is. Remember, Zion was still young in the league, so maybe he's still developing as a leader because you're not really a true leader to maybe your fifth or sixth year or seventh year when you've been battle-tested. And Zion really hasn't been battle-tested. It's more of injury-tested. That so makes sense. I, I argue with JJ Redding on this part of, you know, him saying that because, you know, you want to generate some buzz for your podcast and first take, and he has some true insights in there. And he didn't really speak down. He didn't really say nothing wrong. He's just that Zai can't really be engaged when he's not there in the locker room. That's true. That's true. But uh, just to hear a report that a player is away from the team, he's not communicating, he's not talking to players. It's 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 weird. Like if he has social anxiety, you can see. <laughs> but people say the same about the same thing about Carson Wentz. He's not really a people person. It's more if, if you don't get if you don't like hunting or you don't like you know certain things you know his his religion. Carson really wouldn't engage with you outside of the football. You know what I mean? It's more if you don't like his thing. I'm. He doesn't mean ill will towards it. It's just how his personality is. They mean you know we we're different, so maybe we like certain things, and maybe we can guarantee to other people as well too. But if you don't like the things you like, maybe I'm like, ah, let me back away a little bit, and maybe I'll say more next show. But you can kind of say the same about Carson Wentz; he doesn't really mm. engage players as well too. Okay, I agree. Next show should be exciting. All right, guys. So thank you for being on. You know, being with us. You know, for the NBA talk. You know, All Star. You know. Average weekend. I'll, for, I'll take the first half of the season. You know, a bunch of you know great discussions that we had. Open discussion for the NBA, and next week's show is going to be a great one. If you guys like my rant about what I said about the Colts, <laughs> how they choked last uh, week seventeen, be prepared for this one because I'm about to go off because I don't agree with the Carson Wentz situation. I'll say more later on, but Lamar will breaks down some things about how you feel what the Eagles should do as well too for next season to propel them for being a, a wild card team to a division round team, or even a championship, you know, round team. And before we end this guy, Lamar, where can they find you out? You can find Cultural Talks on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. Also, I was waiting for you to say God's Dirty Hands. <laughs> oh, oh, and you can find God's – well, okay, listen, it's God's Dirty Hands for now. I might be having a second page up, but it's God's Dirty Hands on Facebook and Twitch as well. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> also, hit that subscribe button for part of the coach again. And this is Culture Sports. <laughs>